You need to quit staying in them rest stops and sleeping. A world, about 80-year-old old preacher, he'd stop in them rest stops in his little three-cylinder car. Instead of getting the motel room, just sleep in the rest stop area and eat a piece of bread or something out of a loaf he'd carry with him. And they said, Earl, somebody's going to knock you in the head and kill you. You need to quit doing that. He said, going to heaven. And uh, one of these days we're going to be going to heaven. Uh, amen. Uh, I know you know, we know it's a wonderful place. We preach about it, sing about it, talk about it, and do everything in the world to keep them having to go there. Uh, ain't that the way we do? I mean, we spend all our money and have everything done. That's just human nature. Uh, but I promise you that when we get there, uh, we'll never want to leave there. Amen. Uh, amen. We just hadn't been there yet. And I promise you, Sister Claire and others, I promise you that anybody that's ever got over there never wants to come back here. Uh, they want you to come over there, uh, but they don't want to come back here. And I promise you anybody that ever went in the other direction, uh, they don't like it there and they don't want you to come there. Uh, they said, I pray thee, Lord, that I got five brothers send somebody to testify to them lest they come in. Uh, to this place. Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles for a few minutes tonight to the book of Acts tonight. I preached out of this chapter last fall, I think, uh, but this is a little different uh, take on it. In Acts chapter 3, and we're going to read 11 verses tonight, and hope the Lord will maybe speak to us a little bit tonight uh, in this service. Pray you'd speak to us a whole lot tonight uh, in these services. And uh, I like church. It helps me. I don't just like it because I'm the pastor and I get to preach, but I just like it because I'm a child of God. This is my Father's house, and I like to come to it and pray and, and hear the Word of God and sing and enjoy the Lord's presence, enjoy God's people. Uh, I love all of you. I enjoy seeing you when I come to the house of God and uh, pray for you during the week, get to see you on the weekends. And uh, I trust you do the same for me. And uh, that's the way it ought to be. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 1, chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and a-leaping and a-praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that he was, uh, it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto them. And as the lame man which was healed helped Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch. That is called Solomon's greatly wandering. Thank you. You can be seated. Our Father, we, we thank you tonight to be able to be here tonight. I pray for all the other churches across town. Got lights on, somebody standing behind the pulpit and somebody sitting in the pew. And Lord, I pray you'd bless every one of them, encourage the pastors and encourage the congregations and uh, father we thank you for that that we have sensed tonight the spirit of the living God Lord I pray you'd bless everyone seated under the sound of my voice and those that will be uh, listening by the way of the internet tonight and uh, Lord we pray that they might feel the current moving on the line uh, tonight and we pray that those that are unable to be here tonight that God will enable them to be back uh, Lord, as soon as possible, thank you for all of us being able to be here tonight. And Lord, you know every heart, you know everything that 
is going on. Every thought, you know everything about us, Lord. You know our, uh, our ups, uprising and our downsettings, and Lord, you love us still. And God, I pray that tonight you bless your word and give us liberty to be able to preach tonight. Bless these that are going to be joining the church, and we pray for any that might be here tonight. And uh, Lord, they're not saved. God might speak to their heart. And those of us that are saved that we might be encouraged and challenged to try to get somebody else saved. And Father, I ask you to forgive me my sins and cleanse me, uh, Lord, for we asked it in Jesus' name. We asked it all. Amen and amen. amen. Let's think about what we've read here tonight. Uh, let's think about it and try to get our minds thinking about it uh, in, in our time and in our setting tonight. Uh, not in A.D. 33, but in 2023 where that we are here tonight. And uh, let's look at what we have here tonight. Uh, we have Peter and John. Uh, they represent Christians. They are Christians, uh, uh, Peter and John, and they represent you and I that are saved, you and I that are Christians tonight. And they're doing what Christians ought to be doing tonight. They're going up into the temple. Uh, well, the temple, that's the church in our day. Uh, we don't have a temple. We are the temple. Uh, but we do have a local church that we meet in like we are doing tonight. And then we have a crippled man laid there at the gate. And he represents sinners tonight because we were all crippled. We couldn't walk right. We walked according to the course of this world. And sinners need to be brought to the house of God. Don't you think so? Uh, amen. And so uh, we have this here that these Christians have a set time to be there at the temple. The Bible said about the ninth hour. I'm glad we got some set times to be at the house of God. Uh, about 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, about 6 o'clock on Sunday night, and about 6.30 on Wednesday night. I'm glad we got some set times that uh, we can gather and be here at the house of God. Now, this lame man that we read about tonight, born that way from his uh, mother, uh, womb, and blind, uh, born that way all his life, crippled, and uh, that's like us. We were born into sin. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Uh, we're born with that old Adamic nature uh, when we're born. The Bible said, David said, they come forth from the womb uh, speaking lies. Uh, here's a man that in the beginning of our uh, scripture reading, here's a man that never has walked a day in his life. Uh, here's a man that uh, was lame, the Bible said, from his mother's womb. He had to be carried everywhere he went. Uh, uh, if he went, uh, if he went anywhere, neighbor's house, he had to be carried. Uh, if he went downtown, he had to be carried. Uh, if he went down to the temple, he, which he did, he had to be carried. Uh, but this lame man that we see that has to be carried everywhere, by the end of our story, he's a leaping. And I want to preach tonight on the lame man who leaped. And uh, we look here tonight at this man that was leaping. And there was some things that went into that. And they're all here in the chapter tonight. We want to uh, look at them tonight, all the things, uh, because there are things that we need down here at Bethel Baptist. There are things that we need if any cripples are going to walk down here. Uh, and we've got to have them, amen. Uh, uh, I know this is a temple and we're the church, uh, but a lot of the things are the same. If you study out them temples where Jesus went in and and he took the Bible and he read the scriptures. That's what they'd do. They'd go in. They were much like a church. They had much like pews. And people would go in there to the temple on the Sabbath. And they'd sit down and somebody would get up and tell them something out of the word of God. And no doubt we model the church after the way things were at the temple. And I think it'd be good if we modeled a lot of things down at the church like there was down at the temple. And I want you to look here in verse 4. And the Bible said in Peter, fasting his eyes on him with John. Now, the lame man has been brought there. And uh, he's laying there at the gate called Beautiful. He's there to ask alms. He didn't go to get, uh, he didn't go to get healed. I, most of us didn't go to church to get saved. Uh, when we got saved, there's a few that did. You know, the Lord dealt with their heart. And they said, I'm going down. I'm going to get saved today. But most of us, we didn't go to church to get saved, but when we got there, we got saved. 
And uh, so this man didn't go to be healed, but he got healed while he was there. And the Bible said that he's asking alms, he's begging uh, for some money down there. And uh, the Bible said that uh, he saw Peter and John. Now why do people, why would they take him down to the temple and lay him down there? Uh, why, not, why not take him down to other places in town? Because they know down at the temple you can get some help down there. That's why they come around here, amen. Uh, uh, they know they can come near getting help down here than they could out somewhere else. Uh, uh, and uh, I know you can't help everybody, but we help a lot of them. Uh, and, uh, and we ought to. I asked Brother Sheets one time, I said, Dr. Sheets, I said, we help people pay their light bills, uh, buy them groceries. I, I said, we do a lot of things like that, never see them again. I said, I don't even know why we do it. Uh, and before I could even get that out, he said, because it's right, it's what you're supposed to do. And uh, we're supposed to help people, amen. And so there they are, Peter and, uh, and John. And I want you to notice that there was a look. The Bible said, and Peter fasting his eyes on him with John. Uh, Jesus was a looker. Uh, uh, Jesus saw people that most people didn't see. Amen. Uh, uh, I think sometimes us Christians, our peripheral vision's not too good. Uh, uh, we look in a straight line. Uh, we only see what's in front of us. We only see what we want to see. But Jesus wasn't that way. Uh, and his disciples wasn't that way, and he don't want us to be that way. Uh, uh, he wants us to look around and see those sitting around on the side and wherever they might be. Uh, uh, he wants us to look at them and to see them. Well, I think about Jesus when he went out and won that woman at the well, and he had saw her. Uh, no doubt others had been to the well, but they didn't see her. If they did, they didn't care. But Jesus saw her, and even though he was weary and tired, uh, uh, he went back there and sat on the well and waited for His disciples wasn't there. You say, why? They're Baptists. They went into town to get something to eat. And when Jesus won that woman to the well, they come back and, and they said, Master, you need to eat. You hadn't eaten anything. I, and Jesus said, I've got meat to eat. You know not of. Talking about winning that woman to the Lord. That, uh, that was what satisfied his desire. And then he said this, he said, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white unto harvest. Amen. The Lord wants you and I to look around. Did you ever think about the spot they laid this man? They laid him at the gate called Beautiful. They had to see him almost when they went in. Did you ever think about the people God lays in front of you and me every day? And uh, God wants you and me to see them. Uh, uh, God wants you and me to maybe help them, especially in that business of finding the Lord and getting saved. Uh, and the Bible said they laid him right there in their path. Now, they didn't just do this one time. The Bible said they laid him there daily, daily. I wonder how many people the Lord has laid in the path of Rick Prophet that he just walked right on. Well, a lot of them I can tell you because I know when I walked on, the Holy Spirit nudged me and uh, let me know, amen. There's been other times, though, that it's a set-up deal. God has put somebody right in my path, uh, and God opened the door, and I had to talk to them about the Lord. And, and uh, sometimes it worked out. Some of them got help, some of them got saved, amen. Uh, uh, but here this man is, and I want you to see that God... Had him in the way. When's the last time you ever looked at somebody and you thought, God wants me to help them. God wants me to witness them. God wants me to speak to them. I promise you, they're there. God puts them in our way. Notice the speech here. In verse 2, the Bible said he asked alms of them. He wasn't asking to go into the temple. He wasn't asking to be able to walk. He was asking for alms. Isn't it like the Lord always give you more than you ask for? Amen. You see, he thought he needed money, but God knew what he needed. Amen. Amen. Have you ever figured out that God knows what you need and sometimes what we think we need is not what we need, but God knows what we need. I'm glad the Lord gives us that which we have need of. Amen. I want you to notice the spot he laid him right in the path. 
I want you to know that he spoke out to them. He said, he said, give me alms. In other words, the Lord put him there in their path and the Lord had him to say something so that they would take notice of him. The uh, Lord does stuff like that. Amen. There ain't no reason for us not to, not to witness somebody during the week because God's got them all around us and in our path. And then I want you to notice that when he spoke, the Bible said they stared at him. The Bible said, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him. In other words, he just stared at him. I think what he was doing, Brother Steve, I think there for a moment he was talking about, thinking about that poor man. He can't walk. He, he's laying there, has to be carried everywhere he goes. And he's just staring at him. And what's odd about that, that's not like most Christians of our day. Instead of staring at them, they'd be trying to look off the other way like they didn't see them. Kind of like, uh, kind of like there in the parable of the Good Samaritan and all them went by on the other side. They crossed over and went on the other side. Uh, but Jesus came right there to where he was. Amen. I, I believe it would help us tonight as Christians uh, if we'd stare sometimes at the way people live and what they're going through and what they're up against. I think it would help us to have more pity on them. Amen. Uh, uh, it's, it's not the same for everybody. Uh, some people, I can tell you tonight, and I won't, but I can tell you tonight that we have children come to this church on a Sunday morning that have a hard time at home through the week. Uh, and uh, you know what? We need to look at their situation. You say, well, uh, they're a little rowdy. Well, they may be because they haven't had the uh, hadn't had the attention at home uh, uh, like like some do, and they need somebody to look at them and to have pity on them and and to give them a hug and to help them along the way and let them know that somebody cares about them. Amen. Uh, uh, well, the Bible said that there was a look, uh, and I believe that if we're going to ever see people saved, we got to start looking at them. We got to start seeing their condition. We got to start taking an interest in them, amen. Uh, the Bible said there was a look. I like verse three. And the Bible said, Peter fastened his eyes on him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. What's verse 7? And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. I, I think not only do we need a look, uh, uh, we need not a look down at the house of God. We need to look around on Sunday morning, see who might not be saved. Uh, uh, look around. Don't be in too big a hurry to get out at the invitation. Look around. Uh, uh, see if somebody's got somebody here that ain't saved and take time to pray for them. Uh, uh, even go down to the altar and, and take a time to pray. You say, well, I don't need to go to the altar. They're the one lost. Sometimes people just need somebody to break the ice a little bit. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, used to... Uh, Brother Chester, when we all went down to Brotherhood, Brother Marty, uh, boy, on Sunday morning, we'd have folks saved real often down there. But everybody, everybody, uh, they was looking around. At least a lot of them was looking around to see who was lost there. Uh, and if there was somebody lost there, you found that out back in the prayer room because somebody would know about it and they'd say, so-and-so's here today and they're lost. We need to pray for them. Uh, and boy, they'd go to praying. And then the preacher would preach and invitation time had come and you could almost hear the whispers going around over the church. Save him, Jesus. Save him, Jesus. And if somebody went down the altar, while there'd be 20, uh, 10 or 20 go down and gather around them and pray with them, you say, what is that? Well, that's looking and seeing them and then that's being willing to give them a little lift. Amen. A little lift. I, I wonder how much longer it's going to be down at the church house before we have them lift chairs. Get people up. Amen. Now I know, listen, I, I appreciate you elderly folks. I'm just, I'm just a little bit behind you. But Lord willing, I'm a coming on. And I appreciate y'all. And I want to tell you something. I know that 
Young people are different than older people. How many know that? And I know that young people can jump around, jump up and down, sing for two hours, but old people can't do that. Amen? I like what Junior Hill said. He said, Brother Rick, a friend of mine's writing a songbook. I know it's going to do good. I said, what is it, Brother Junior? And he said, 50 songs that you can sing sitting down. I, I, Brother Junior just had both knees replaced at 86 year old. I, I want to tell you something. You, people need to think about this. Uh, you need a religion that will not only work for you when you're young, but it will work for you when you get old. And some people's got a religion now that it ain't going to work for them when they get old. Amen. I, I, why when I got when I got in the church, got saved at ten, I didn't go down to the church house and ask them to start playing different kinds of music, and I I didn't go down there and tell them play this upbeat stuff. I, I no, I fell in right with them on Amazing Grace, I, I, the old rugged cross. I, I, I fell right in with them. They didn't have to change their songs for me. I, I just got in there and sung with them. Amen. I, now I'm telling you tonight, there's a whole lot of people got religion in this world that'll work for them now, but it ain't going to work for them about 60 years from now. You better have, listen, if it's real, it'll work for you all your life. It'll work when you're young, it'll work when you're middle-aged, it'll work when you're old. God set it up to work all your life, amen. But sometimes people need a lift, don't you think they do? That's why we go down to the house of God. I need a little lift. Lord Jesus, I don't go down there to fuss and fight. I don't want that kind of stuff. Amen. I don't go down there to hear the news. I can hear that before I get down there. I go down to church, see my brothers and sisters in the Lord, and and to get a little lift sometimes. uh, This old boy got down to the house of God, and the Bible said they took him by the right hand. Why did he take him by the left hand? Because the right hand in the Bible, the right hand stands for fellowship. Always in the Bible, ain't that what we say? We're going to have them come up tonight. We're going to give them the right hand of fellowship. That right hand is always uh, uh, for fellowship. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, uh, you, get, you get your money out with your right hand. Amen. We got a lot, see here? We got a lot of left handed people in the church today, amen? You know why Jesus healed that man with a withered hand, right hand? He can start putting in the offering now, praise God. You know what people usually do when they get happy? They raise that right hand first. Now the girls, they go, Everybody's got their own way, you know. And if you get real happy, you go, praise God, amen. You say, brother, I ain't getting much out of this. Raise your antenna up. Maybe it'll come in a little clearer. Did you ever have, you know, on the radio, them old radios we had, and it cutting in and out, but you could raise your antenna all the way up and it'd come in clear. I'm telling you why it ain't coming in clear a lot of times down at the house of God. We're not willing to raise our antennas up, amen. If we get them up, it'll come in right loud and clear. Why the psalmist said, listen, you needed to lift one day. The psalmist said, and it's true of you too, he hath lifted me up out of the miry clay, and set my feet on a solid place. Put a song in my heart, even praise unto my God. I'm glad, listen, the church house needs to be a place where you can get a, a lift, not a shove, not knocked down, not pushed out of the way. Church house needs to be a place where you can go down and get a little lift. You say, why? Because if a church is the kind of place where you can get a little lift, folks will come back. You say, why? Because everybody needs a little lift nowadays, don't you think? And the Bible said that they took him by the right hand and they lifted him up, amen. Sometimes you just need a little help getting up, getting up. I like that. I could stop right there and just preach on that one verse, sir, about we need to help folks up. Folks, we need to love each other. 
You say that's hard to do when, when we don't even like each other. Well, you need to pray that God will help you love one another. Amen. Amen. The Bible said loves of God. If you don't love your brother or your sister, my words, if you don't love your brother or your sister whom you have seen, how in the world can you love God who you ain't even seen, the Bible said. Uh, uh, we need to love folks. The Bible said that there he was lifted up. How can you and I lift people up? Well, we can lift them up the way uh, they lifted them up. We can just give them a, a right hand and help them along the way, amen. Some people need help just in and out of the building. Some people need help uh, getting in and out of the car. And I'm glad we got folks that do that. Brother David, he helps those elderly folks out on the porch that pull up and uh, he helps them in and out and gives them a little lift. They need a little help, amen. Uh, uh, they can't just run bouncing into the church uh, uh, because they got problems, but they need a little help. And that's what we ought to be is we ought to be helping hands uh, uh, for people like that. But you say, well, is that the only way? Oh, no. I, I, there's a lot of ways that we can help folks. Did you know you can lift people up with your words? Amen? That's what they did. Look here. They said, verse 6, Arise up and walk. What did that do? That gave them a little faith. They didn't look him in the face and say, Man, you're, you've been lame from your mother's womb. You can't walk. You can't do this. Well, that's the problem tonight is so many people think they can't do nothing. They need a little encouragement. You can do it. You can do it. Don't tell people they can't. The devil will do that. You tell them they can. They can do something for God. You speak words that will build up their faith. Amen. They said, arise up and walk. Jesus did that. Jesus said, Take up your bed and walk, amen. Uh, Jesus told people to do things that they thought they couldn't do, but they found out with him they could. They could, amen. And so their words, rise up and walk. Have you ever had anybody to say something to you that lifted you up? I know that you've had people to say stuff to you that pushed you down. Because we've all done both. We've all said things to people that maybe pushed them down. And we've all hopefully said things to people that lifted them up a little bit. I don't know about you, but I want to be a lifter-upper. I don't want to be a pusher-downer, knocker-downer. I want to be a lifter-upper. And they've done it with their words. They've done it with their work. The Bible said in verse 7, And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. Uh, sometimes we can lift folks up by our actions. You said you said their words. Yeah, but we don't need to just love in words only. That's so easy to do. Right. To just love in words only. But John said don't love in words only. He said love in words and deeds and truth. Put a little, sometimes put a little work in your words. Amen. And they reached out and they took him by the hand and and they lifted him up. There was a place, a lame man that became a leaper because somebody, somebody looked on him and saw him and saw that this man needed some help. Here was a man that was a lame man that became a leaper because somebody was willing to lift him up a little bit, help him out a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of people, it's, you can't help and seem like, but... There's a lot of people you can't help, but there ain't nobody you can't try to help. Don't you think? And, and if it don't work out, it don't work out. But at least you tried. All right, there was a look there in verse 4. There was a lift there in verse 7. And there was love there in verse 11. Look here, the Bible said, the lame man that was healed helped Peter and John. He said. But there's some love even before that. You say, why? Because there must have been some love of those people that carried him down to the temple. Somebody cared about him. Somebody loved him enough that they wanted to help him and all they knew to do was take him down to the temple, but they must have loved him. Amen. I, I preached this morning about the church at Ephesus I, and the problem with the church at Ephesus, Jesus said, you've left your first love. And he said, when you get your love back, he said, all this other stuff will fall into place. Amen. Amen. 
You got to have love, church. These these people had love that carried him down. Uh, Peter and James, or James, Peter and John, they had love. You say, how do you know they did? Because they loved him enough to want to help him. They loved him enough to look at him. The problem's love. Why did they even stop? Why didn't they just go on in the church house? They had some love for him. Church, the problem is, is our love. It ain't no problem to get anybody to sing if they love Jesus. It ain't no problem to get folks to come to church if they love Jesus. It ain't no problem to get folks to talk to other people if they love Jesus. Now my problem and your problem is that we don't love Jesus enough. We don't love lost souls enough. Uh, We don't love the Lord so much we'd just be willing to do anything for the Lord. Uh, I went out to see a man last night. I started to tell that this morning. And uh, Brother Rondell asked me to go see this fella. And uh, I'd done tried to see him once. And when I went out, his bed was empty. And I asked the nurse, and she said, Are you family? I said, No, I'm a preacher. And she said, Well, I can't tell you anything if you're not family. But said they took him to the hospital. And uh, so I didn't get to see him that day. And uh, Brother Rondell, of course, he ain't able to do much. But he called me two or three times uh, wanting to go see this, want me to go see this man. You say, why was that? He got a little love in his heart for people that might not know God. Amen. He ain't able to get there, but he knows some folks that are able to get there. And I went out there last night. I didn't finish my story this morning, but I've been sitting there on the couch from about 12 o'clock on to about 4 o'clock. I've been sitting there on the couch and, and uh, reading the Bible and uh, watching a preacher or two, something like that. And... Uh, and the Lord said, you need to go out there and see that man. And I got th- I'm got thinking about what I'm preaching tonight. I was thinking about, well, if you love somebody, you won't have no problem going. It ain't them, it's Jesus. If you love Jesus enough, Amen. you'll go. So I got up and got my clothes off, and got my suit off, and suit on. Max Helen said, where are you going? I said, I got to go see this man. She said, tonight? And I said, yeah, I got to go see him tonight. And I went out there, and there he was. And we had a real good conversation. I walked in, and the man was laying there. His neck's broke. Uh, he uh, had a stroke and failed and broke his neck. And uh, we got to talking there. And, and uh, first thing he told me, he said, I collect Bibles. He said, I like, I like rare antique Bibles. King James, he said. Of course, he got my attention then. I said, I like Bibles. I'd like to come see them sometime. And I said, that we talked for a while. And I said, sir, somebody cares about you and they just wanted me to come and they just wanted to see if you were saved. And he first said no. And then he said, well, he said, I, I was baptized when I was seven, eight years old. And uh, he said, but I don't like people being pushy and trying to put their religion on me and uh, try to tell me what I need to do. I said, what do you think you need to do? And he said, I think, I think you need to believe in God and believe in Jesus and trust Him, follow the Lord and try to live right. He said, of course you can't live perfect. Nobody can live perfect. I said, sounds pretty good to me. I said, sir, I don't know if you've done that or not, but that's what you need to do. Uh, amen? amen? But you see, a lot of times we won't go talk to people because we're afraid of how it'll turn out. What they'll say, are we going to be embarrassed? Are they going to run us off? And all of that is possible, and I've had all of that to happen. But when my heart gets right with the Lord, and a lot of times it ain't, but when my heart's where it ought to be with the Lord, I'm willing to speak for the Lord. Say something to the Lord, or for the Lord, amen? You say, why? Because I love Him. And the Bible said here, that this lame man that was healed, he helped Peter and John. To me, that's a hug. Amen? Isn't it amazing how that before you get saved, 10 minutes before you get saved, you don't even want to shake hands with nobody in the building. 10 minutes later, you get saved and you're hugging a whole church or they're hugging you. I had one girl got saved one time and 
and uh, she had uh, kind of had a rough life and everything, young, young teenage girl, and they all come around to hug her and everything, praying for her and all that, you know. And I remember what she said. She said, uh, I ain't never been hugged this much. Well, I know, I know during COVID we didn't want to hug too much. Most people didn't want you to hug them. Amen. I went uh, out in the backyard uh, yesterday and I got out there and I heard something clicking. What is that? I got to looking and my neighbor's electric fence behind the house. It had broke and it was on the ground. Of course, it's still on. It's clicking. Well, I knew Troy and Scotty had done some work for him, or Troy and Corey done some work for him. And uh, I called both of them. They didn't have his number. I thought, well, I'll just drive over to his house. I know where he lived in town, so I just got my truck and drove over there, walked up, knocked on the door. Brother Marshall, he come to the door. In a few minutes, he come to the door. And he said, well, hey, he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, your fence is broke, and I want to tell you about it. And he said, well, he said, I've got COVID. I said, just want you to know your fence is broke. I'll see you later. Amen. <laughs> you ever had God to turn a ding into a dang? I almost preached on that today. When God turns a ding into a dang. Our refrigerator went out. We went out, got us a new one. They brought it. It was all crated up nice. Box looked nice. Man, we're good carrying it in. They got it all uncrated. And there was one little ding right there by the ice maker. I said, you better come look at this. Of course, I didn't care if the door was off. I said, you better come look at this. And she walked in there and she said, we need to send that back. I ain't going to take that. I said, hey, watch. I said, it's no big deal. Just a little ding. And I got the refrigerator magnet and put it right over that ding. Problem solved, amen. They said, we'll bring you a brand new one. We'll bring you a brand new one Friday. I said, well, let me call them and, and see if they'll knock some off of this. If they knock enough off, I'll just keep this one. I got my clothes on and went out lows and manager come out there and we're already dealing with him about a rain stop for since December that I bought my wife for Christmas and still ain't got it in. But manager come out there. I said, I don't want you to think I'm a caustic complainer. I'm not. And I said, but sir, I said, we paid a lot of money for this and they brought it out there. And he said, sir, I said, sir, it's got a little ding in it. Look, I'll show you on my phone. He looked at it and he said, well, I said, what do you want to do about it? He said, we'll get you another on Friday. I said, I'm going to have to take all my stuff out, go through all that again that I've been through. And I said, what about, just what would you knock off of it? He said, what would you want me to knock off of it? What would you want me to knock off of it for that little ding? I said, what about $500? He said, done. I said, dang. <laughs> You know, folks, if we'll let God, He'll turn our dings into a dang. I could preach that, but I better go on and finish up here. I don't want to start another sermon in the middle of a sermon. But the Bible said the lame man was healed and he helped Peter and John. Jesus, Jesus is a lover. And He wants us to be that way. You say, hey, you know, because John 15, 35 he said, by this, all men know you're my disciples because you're independent Baptists. He said, by this, all men know you're my disciples because you've got a King James Bible. All men know you're my disciples because y'all wear dresses to church and suits and ties. And No, he said, you could do all that and they still wouldn't know. But he said, all men will know you're my disciples if you love the brethren. And that brother just don't include independent Baptists. It concludes anybody that's been saved by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You say, well, you're an independent Baptist. Yeah, because I believe that they're closer to what the Bible teaches than anybody else. But I don't for one second 
think that independent Baptists are going to have anything to do with me getting to heaven. It's going to be because of Jesus. Amen. Notice here the cause for this love. They seen him every day. Seen him lay at the gate every day. Got to put somebody in your path and first time you didn't think much about them, maybe just glanced at them. But every day, you, weekly, you see these folks. Next thing you know, you're starting to get concerned about them. Wonder, what, wonder what's going on with them. Wonder if, wonder if anybody could give them a little help. Well, there was a cause for their love. Notice the cure. The cure here for this man, it was love. He said in verse 6, they said, such as I have. said, we, get, we don't have any silver. We don't have any gold. But such as we got, we'll give you in the name of Jesus. You say, what's that? That's where the love comes in. Amen. If you really love people, you give them Jesus. That's the greatest gift that you or me could ever give anybody is to give them Jesus. It was life changing for this man and it was life changing for me and I trust it's life changing for you. Love. Amen. I I will appreciate till the day I die and hug his neck when I get to heaven. An old preacher named Billy Crumpton. Not Billy Compton, but Billy Crumpton. He was a pastor at the Temple Hill Baptist Church. And I can't remember a lot about him, but I remember that when he'd preach, his face would get kind of red. And I can't remember a lot about him, but I can, I can see him standing there and the tears dripping off that man's face. And I felt the love of God in that man. I didn't get saved because I was scared to go to hell, though I was scared to go to hell. I got saved because I was arrested by the love of Jesus that somebody would love me enough to die for me. And He told me about it and made me believe it. Amen. Uh, You see, the cure for these folks is the love of Jesus. But I want you to notice the cost of it. They said silver and gold, we have none. That don't cost you anything to give Jesus. Oh, it might cost you some embarrassment. It might cost you a little time. They had to stop going into church. You know, sometimes we're so in a bigger hurry going to church that we don't even have time to stop and talk to the lost. Old Jennings Jolly. He went down to Brotherhood Church, brother. And old Jennings, he thought he'd committed the unpardonable sin. Thought he couldn't be saved. I've seen that man in the same role with us and in front of us. And I'd see God dealing with his heart. But I'd see people come to him. I didn't go to him. But I'd seen people come to him and he'd say, Oh, I can't be saved. I've committed the unpardonable sin. One Sunday night, or one Sunday night, it was a Monday night, we was having revival. And I was working at Donnelly's and I get off at 7, 7 to 7. Max Helen would take the kids and take them on down there to the church. and She'd have my bath water run. And I'd run into the house, have all that old ink and oil on us. And I'd jump in the bathtub real quick and jump out of the bathtub and jump in my clothes, jump in my car and go down there. And I remember that night, boy, the parking lot was full. That old gravel parking lot was full. There were cars everywhere. We had old, I believe, Brother Oliver Cowns that I'm going to preach for in April. We had him preaching. And uh, Wilbur's daddy is leading the singing, Stanley Kingry. But as I come in that night, uh, I, got, I walked right by Genesis' card, and it's like the, like the Lord said, as, as I saw him there, it's like the Lord said, you need to stop and look on him. You need to talk to him. And I said, Lord, I'm in a hurry. I'm already late. I'm too, I'm too big a hurry to talk to him. And I went right by him, went in the house of God, and they had a little amen corner. And I walked over there and sat down to amen corner not to make a scene. And little old Jesse Bowles, how many remembers Jesse? Jesse's all the way to the back of the church. And as soon as I come in, Jesse got up, come all the way around the church, come down there and scooted in the seat beside me. I think Jesse led Kathy to the Lord, I believe. And come all the way down there and first thing he said I just got in there and he said you see Sit Jennings Jolly out there I said yeah I seen him he said you talk to him I said no I didn't talk to him I was in a hurry to get in here 
Boy, the Holy Ghost eat me up. I didn't get anything out of the sermon. The whole time I'm sitting there bargaining with God and I said, God, if you'll let me live to the invitation, I promise you, I promise you, I'll go out there and talk to Him. And I was thinking, oh God, what if He dies before I get out there? They finally finished preaching. I thought the preacher never would hush. He finally quit. Brother Stanley got up and told what song is going to sing and I kept my vow to God and I went out there and I walked out on the step there and I looked around and I didn't see nobody nowhere and the devil said, you're a fool, there ain't nobody out here. And about that time, I looked around and there he sat in the car right in front of me. And I walked over there and picked on the window and he rolled the window down. I said, Jennings, you probably don't know me. But I said, God spoke to me when I come into church about 10 after 7. And I said, God, I promised God I'd come out here and talk to you. He said, I can't get saved. I've committed unpardonable sin. And I got down on my knees in the gravel. And I said, sir, sir, I don't do stuff like this. I said, sir, I'm, I'm not this way. But I said, God, put this on me strong, sir. And I said, I wouldn't say this to nobody ever. But I said, sir, I believe that if you don't get saved tonight, it might be your last chance. He said, I can't get saved. I pleaded with him there in the gravel for a long time. And and finally they started on the last verse of the song. And he'd been to church enough, he knew all the songs. He said, oh, they're singing the last verse now. It's too late anyway. And about that time, Wilbur's daddy said, Let's sing that last verse one more time. I said, Sir, God, just give you an extra chance. He opened that car door. Tonight it seems like it was yesterday. He opened that car door. And me and him run across that lot. And we we run in the church and the door slammed behind us and everybody looked. Jennings fell in the altar and he got saved that night. Just, a, just somewhere down the road, six months, seven months. He didn't know it, but at that time he had a cancer in his body that would take him out of this world. And I visited him in the hospital. Last time I visited him, I went in there and he was sick. I knew he was. Had the death beads on his brow. And he said, it's still alright, son. It's still alright. Don't worry about me. See, I was in too big a hurry. Sometimes we get too big a hurry going to church, we don't even get to have church. We're too big a hurry to get in and to get out. And more to get out than to get in. We're not in that big a hurry to get in. Say, so why, 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 why don't we get to church early and stay late? It's a love problem. You see, the Bible said in the last days, men would be lovers of their own self. You see what the problem is, is me and you, we love us more than we love Him. And we want to do what we want to do because we love us more than we do Him. But if we love Him, we want to do what He wants us to do. Oh, I'm praying the Lord will give me a new love in my heart. You say you done been preaching 43 years, March the 3rd. 43 years. But I want to love Him more. I want to do more for Him than I've ever done. I don't know how long I got, but ever how long I got, I want it to be the best I've ever had. I want to love Him more. Don't you? Didn't cost Him nothing. I just stopped and say a word. What was it? Two years ago, year and a half ago, somebody said a word to that couple that was here. This morning they come in the door. I didn't know them. I shook their hands and they said, they said, Could somebody come around our house knocking on doors about a year and a half ago. Michelle been inviting them to church. That's why we go door knocking. That's why you ought to go. Say, preacher, I can't go all the time. Go some of the time. It'll help you. do you good. Especially when you see them come in down the road a year or two later. And the Lord said, I told you that you might talk to 99, but sooner or later there'd be that one. 
he blowed the horn as he was leaving today and I looked around, he rolled the window down. He said, Preacher, I left my phone number and all my information on a card. Uh, uh, get with me this week. You know that what that'll do for your preacher? Oh man, I'll run on that all week. You say, what if he don't come back? I got his address, remember? <laughs> all right, there was a look, there was a lift, there was love. Look at verse 7. The Bible said, they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that's where it all comes from. You see, that's the source. We're just the channel. We got any love for anybody. It's not my love. I didn't care if the whole world went to hell before I got right with God. When he started, got the channel cleared out and his love started flowing through me, I started caring about other people. But the Bible said in verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Watch this. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Not only was there a look and a lift and love, but there was life. He was dead, remember? His old legs and limbs was dead. But when he got a look and he got a lift and he got some love shown to him, the Bible said immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Folks, for most people, salvation don't take a year or six months. There is some cases for different reasons. But every place in the Bible, 99.9% of them, it was immediate. It was immediate. And the Bible said immediately that his feet and ankle bones received strength. Notice the source of that strength was Jesus Christ. Who made us to walk? Who made us to talk? Who made us to love? It's Jesus Christ. That's the source. Amen. Notice the stream. Jesus might be the fountainhead, but He's got to have a stream to flow through. That's the church. You and I are the stream. We can put the gate up where it can't flow through us. But we need, that, we need to let the love of God flow through us into other people. We're the channel. We're the channel. It's not the world, it's the church. Notice the spot that went to. was the weakest place, deadest place on His body? His feet and ankles. The Bible said immediately he received strength in his feet and ankles. You get saved, God will let that life-given love and flow of Jesus come into your life. I know my wife knows, my sister definitely knows, Brother Sammy knows. and uh, Folks, you know it, know me real good. But folks, the weakest part of Rick Prophet would have been public speaking or to speak at all. I never said any mama said I never did say anything to those six year old. I said well, everything went along suit me to then. <laughs> mama used to say, she said, I'm gonna take you out to the hospital and I'm gonna have them put a string in your back so I can pull it and you'll talk. That was my that was my weak place. But when Jesus came in a strength in the weak place. Amen. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I, I'm, I can't speak. But the first night I stood up at the Brotherhood Free Will Baptist Church on a Sunday night, the house was full of people I worked with, friends, people. They said, we're going to get behind you, preacher. And they must have because I ain't seen them since. <laughs> but when I stood up, I received that strength of the Lord. And after about 30 minutes, I thought, wow, who did that? The Lord said, I did it. Amen. I don't need you to preach. I just need you to provide me a mouth and a vessel and a body. And I'll do the preaching if you'll stay close to me. And for 43 years, he stayed close to me. The only time in 43 years he never did show up was when I wasn't right with him and I wasn't dependent on him. 
But whenever I was dependent on him, he always showed up. There was life. Lastly tonight, the Bible said in verse 8, And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in unto the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. (coughs) Not only was there a look and a lift and love and life, but there was a leap. The man that had to be carried to church leaped into the church. Notice the progression here. Jesus gives joy. If your Jesus don't give joy, you don't have the right Jesus. Jesus gives joy, and someone said that J is Jesus, O is others, and Y is you. And if you'll keep that order, you'll always have joy. The Bible said him leaping up. Once you notice, first of all, before he'd done anything else, he just stood up. People get saved. I just leave them alone most of the time. The uh, Lord's a Savior. If they know enough to come down here, they probably know enough to hook up with Him. But every now and then somebody needs help. We don't have a problem taking the Bible and showing them God's plan. But when they say they're saved, I say, can you stand up? And they'll stand up. First thing God wants you to do is just stand up. Say, the Lord saved me. And he, he ain't leaping yet, but the Bible said he stood up and then he began to walk. As you grow in the Lord, you're not going to be a theologian when you first get saved. You're probably not going to run down the aisles and shout the first week or month or even year you get saved. You're just going to start walking. That's what the Christian life is, a daily walk. Walking by faith. But as you grow and walk by faith, there's going to come a leap in your soul. As you grow in the Lord, you can't help it. He gets bigger. Brother Sheets used to say, a preacher ain't worth a dime. That his preaching don't get bigger in him every now and then. Well, I like it when God shows up and He gets bigger than you are and He just takes over. That's what we live for. But the Bible said He went, He leaping, Stood up. And then the Bible said in verse 8, And he walked. When a man gets saved and gets right with God, notice where he walked. Into the temple. You get God in your life, you'll be, won't nobody have to beg you to come to church. Might take you a while to grow up to steadfastness and faithfulness, but if you really get God, you want some more God. And you'll start wanting to go to church. And then the Bible said, watch this, not only leaping up and walking in, but look at verse 9, praising out. The Bible said, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. See how he's grown? That's the way it is in your Christian life. It's a progressive thing. First of all, you just go down to the temple. Somebody brings you down to the temple. And then you get, you get saved and you stand up and say, I'm saved. And then you start walking into the temple. And you might need a little help walking there for a little while, but eventually you'll get it. And then the next thing you know, you'll be leaping and running and praising God. And I like what the Bible said. And all the people saw Him. They saw him do something that was a little out of the ordinary. Every now and then the visitors need to see us do a little something out of the ordinary. I'm not talking about putting on, playing church, but they need to see that. A lot of people are afraid to get excited because they're afraid that it'll upset people and they won't come back. 
No, that's probably the best way to get them back. Amen. They've been to enough funeral homes. They've been to enough dead sermons and dead churches and dead singing and dead preaching. And if they see a little life in the thing, they might say, man, God's in that place. I want to go back. Amen. A man that was lame, carried down at the church, in 11 verses, he's leaping into the church and walking and jumping and praising God. That's what we need, church. I want this place to be like that place. I want this place to be a place where people are looking for lost people, looking for folks who need help. I want this place to be a place where folks can get lifted up and get help. Somebody come the other day and they said somebody told me I could get some help over here. I'm glad we got that kind of a reputation around town. I want this place to be a place that you can feel the love of God in it. You can feel God's love because God is love and if He's here, we ought to be able to feel it. Don't you think so? Amen. And I want every now and then, I want us to get the leaping and the jumping and the praising God. Father, I thank you tonight for helping tonight, touching my own heart as I tried to preach to others' hearts. Lord, thank you for this place. And I've told lots of people, the best thing God ever gave me wasn't this building or the other building.